Thoughts are coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. I want to thank all our Spiritual Cuts leaders out there who's doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ. Continue to be diligent and continue to be dedicated and continue to move forward in where God has taken us here in 2024. I know we are still in 2023, but in 2024, the windows of heaven is going to open up for your ministry and God is going to show the world. He says that I'm going to show the world that I'm going I'm judging them in eternal life. In Acts, uh, in Acts 17, verse 31, and when you begin to understand the words of eternal life comes and derives from out of the Spirit of Christ as the bread of eternal life, you begin to understand that, you know something, maybe we've been taught something that is not of God, and now we have to go back and change what we've been taught to listen to what God is speaking because God is speaking with Christ's teaching. Because if you're listening to what man is teaching you about eternal life, you just might be in the wrong place where God called you to be. But if you listen and understand the teaching of Christ, huh, through the words of eternal life, because God commanded Christ to teach eternal life. In John 12, 15. So when you began to research the scriptures and you began to understand, if I search the scriptures, I will start thinking that I have eternal life. But they or they deal, these are those who won't come and testify. There's people out there who refuse to say that they have eternal life on this side without dying. They are thinking they have to die to get eternal life. My brothers and sisters in John 11.25, he says, I am the resurrection huh, and the eternal life. Though, they, though he may be dead, though Lazarus may be dead, yet he should still live because I have the power to raise him up from the dead. But he says in John eleven twenty six, he says, now this is astonished. He says, now watch this. Here. Wow. He says, check this out. He says, but they that are alive and remain and believe in me as the son of the living God shall never die. Do you believe thou this? He asks the question. In John eleven twenty five and John eleven twenty six, do you believe thou this? Do you believe that you can live forever and not die? Why would Christ ask such a question that him and his father could not perform? So here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, we began to break down precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little. And there little, with the words of God, the words of eternal life, with the words of Christ is commanded to speak. We began to teach this here. So if you're interested in growing in ministry, continue to follow us here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast. Like I say, I'm Pastor D. Washington, and I want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast and the Spiritual Cuts Ministry. Without further ado, we're going to start in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, and it reads, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am corner, sold under sin. For what I am doing, 
I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that is what I do, and that is what I practice. So whatever he hate doing, he practices it. But whatever he should be doing, they don't. Are you one of those individuals that is practicing to die? Hmm? Let me continue to read in Romans chapter 7, verse 16. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will, present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, in Romans seven nineteen, for the will, for the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not do, that I practice. This is so powerful because people practice evil and don't even understand that they, oh my God, that they are practicing something that is opposite of what God sent his son Christ to teach. He says, let me read Romans 7, 19 again. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Huh? So I want to tag this here, or to title this here. God has commanded his sons and daughters to stop practicing death. God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing death. All the time in our adolescent years, or when we were young, in the process of developing from a child into an adult, there are many infallible truths, or many things we were taught from our parents or educators. We thought in most cases and most instances well, if they were incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Why? Because these were those who were supposed to be giving us guidance and directions to navigate us through life. Their job is to give us the how-to and the precise and exact way to navigate through life with the least amount of mistakes we can possibly make as we are growing from childhood to adulthood to become the best successful person we can possibly be or possibly become. Possibly become. However, it does not always work out that way. And the truth of this matter is that all mistakes that an adolescent or a young person make is not as crucial or critical, especially in success or failure of something. 
A mistake can be very beneficial to that person or individual as long as that person or individual does not violate the law or commit some form of criminal activity, such as a misdemeanor, a crime, or a felony. This type, this type of mistake is not healthy for any individual or person who commits such act. Hmm? But on the other hand, during our adolescent years, or when we were young in the process of, process of developing from a child into our adult, it's very important we are taught things correctly so that we can walk in the image and the likeness and the stature of our Father, who is God. The Word of God says in Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. What if a child was trained their entire life, their entire adolescent years, and practiced that what they were trained in pertaining to the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ? the way God and Christ intended for them to be trained up as in the sight of God and in the sight of Christ's teaching. We know in today's society, whatever religion, denomination, affiliation most Christians and believers has grown up in as an adolescent or as a young child, the majority of them are still practicing that religion, denomination, or affiliation today. I grew up in Louisiana from out of a Baptist community church because my mother, Meridale Washington, grew up in a Baptist community church. Although there were many different religion denominations or church denominations affiliations within that same community, but since my mother, Meridale Washington, grew up in a Baptist community church, her children also went to a Baptist community church. But you need to know this as well. Now, my daddy, Mr. Clarence Jerry Washington, on the other hand, grew up in a Catholic community church. Why? Because his mother, Mary, my grandmother, huh? Mary, my grandmother, actually grew up in a Catholic community church. And this is the reason, huh? My daddy went to a Catholic community church in the same location in Louisiana, where my mother Meredith raised us up in huh, a Baptist community church, although my father, Clarence Jerry, huh, Washington, and Mary, my mother, were married for 35 years before my mother went on to be with the Lord in 1991. We were living in division in our religion, denomination, affiliation, living in the same household all our entire life together. We all believed in God, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, but we were being taught things about the same God in a totally different way. And whatever my father, Mr. Clarence Washington, was taught through his high priest, huh, or through the priest when he attended his church service, that is what he practiced until he went to be with the Lord in 2009. 
And whatever my mother Mary, huh, was taught through her pastor or preacher, this was what she practiced until she went to be with the Lord. So both of my parents was practicing what they were taught from their religion, denomination, affiliation, upbringing, until they went to be with the Lord. Now, yet even today, my siblings is practicing, huh, our mother, is practicing what our mother, Mary Dale Washington, raised us up in during our upbringing. So if my siblings are practicing what our mother, Mary, raised us up in, huh, and we grew up and raised up in, they still have the same belief of what my mother and my father, Clarence Washington, had then this means that they should receive the same reward that they got or they should receive the same reward that they received. Although my father was Catholic and my mother was Baptist, if both of my parents were taught and believed and was taught and believed that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and life is too short, and we are as their as their children being huh believe and being taught and now we are practicing that belief we too should get and receive the same reward they got or what they receive from what they practice all their lifetime this means that the verse or passage of scriptures found in Proverbs 22.6 is a very powerful scripture. Come on. Train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. But I must admit and confess with my mouth a few yesterdays ago. I was brought into the knowledge of the mystery of the kingdom of God and the knowledge of the mystery of eternal life through the spirit of the teaching of Christ. Once the knowledge of the mystery of the eternal life through the teaching of Christ was revealed to me, I had to make a choice on, on continuing practicing huh, what my parents had taught me in my upbringing as a child and how I was trained up as a child to believe that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and life is too short or start practicing the teaching of Christ, eternal life and living forever and not dying. Your answer on believing can live, your answer on believing you can live forever and not dying and have eternal life is vitally important, huh, to God and his son Christ. Why? Because the word of God tells us and teaches us why this is important and is important to God and is important to Christ. I love the scriptures because the scriptures break down what we need to understand so that we can have a better comprehension why we can live and not die and declare the works of God. Over in Ezekiel 18, verse 31, the Lord God, who is Christ, says, cast away from all you the transgressions or cast away you've been cast away what you've been taught in your upbringing from your parents and your spiritual church leaders and your cousin them and your family them per pertaining 
We all have to die. Tomorrow's not promised, and life is too short. Put away all these transgressions and erroneous teaching. You are committing and getting yourself, and you are committing, but you got to put them away because that's a sin that we had been committing as long as we was in the same similitude of our parents teaching us we all have to die. But he says, put it away. That what you are committing, the sin that you, the transgression that you are committing, put it away. huh? And get yourself a new heart. And get yourself a new spirit. And get yourself a new mind. Where the 18 inches of the spirit of God resides. For why should you, why should you die? Oh, house of Israel, why should you die, Christians and believers? Why should you die, oh, saints of God and spiritual church leaders? Why should you die? Huh? In Ezekiel 18, 32, he says, for God, the Lord God, who is Christ, he says that I have no pleasure in the death of the ones who, who die. That's heavy. So if Christ, as the Lord God who comes to give us the bread of eternal life, said that he has no pleasure in the death of the one who died, why should you die? Or even mention that you have to, and tomorrow is not promised, and we all have to die, and life is too short. Why would you continue to repeat that foolishness in the presence of God? Because you do know when you speak that type of language, God is is wide open. Huh? For he says, as I live, Jesus Christ, look what he says in, 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 in Ezekiel 33, and it's also is in Ezekiel 18, 23. In Ezekiel 33, 11, in Ezekiel 18, 23, he says, as I live forever, says the Lord God, who is Christ, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked turn from his or her wicked way and live forever. Come on. For why should you die, Christians and believers and saints of God and spiritual church? Why? He don't even have pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, this is powerful. If you follow this message, you're going to see where we're going. It's going to bring some enlightenment huh, to your understanding. Acts 17.31 says, and says, God is judging the world and the people who live in it on eternal life and his eternal righteousness. That's in Acts 17.31. Because if you understand in the way of righteousness is eternal life and there is no death in this path. When Acts 17.31 says, God, God is judging the world on righteousness, it is nothing but he's judging the world on eternal life. Father, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter knew. So God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing death. Look what Christ teaches us, who is, by the way, the Lord God we find in Genesis 3.22, when he said, Then the Lord God, who is Christ, said to God, Behold, man and the woman has become like one of us to know good and evil. 
Now you have to understand this was a prophecy of Christ. This, excuse me, this was a prophecy of Jesus because God was spirit and Christ was spirit. And Christ's spirit came down on the body of Jesus in the flesh. So if he says they have become like one of us, if we are not in the spirit of God's flesh like Christ was, he could not have been talking about him and his father as God. He had to be talking about Jesus Christ, the prophecy. So he said they have become like one of us. You hear what I'm saying? So when God is teaching us that we have become like one of them, we have to realize that God is saying something that we have to understand through comprehension and revelation. So look what else he says in there. Let me read that again. Then the Lord God, who is Christ, said to God, Behold, man and woman has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now... Unless he or she put out their hand and take also of the tree of eternal life and eat and live forever again. Ah. So way back in Genesis, eternal life was manifested. When you realize even the earth had to regain what they lost in, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and 2, it says, And God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was void and huh, empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the water, huh? And he said, let there be light. And when the light came, the spirit came and the water came in the darkness. The darkness had to change back to what the spirit in the water birthed it into. So even the earth had to be born again of God. Huh? So now when God says, say glory. Unless he or she put out their hand and take also of the tree of eternal life and eat and live forever. So even the earth had to go through the process of the water and the spirit and the baptism of God. To be born again of God. And live forever. Scriptures teaches us and the earth shall abide forever. That's scriptural. Now in Matthews 5, 25 verse 6, Christ began to teach again, or the Lord God, who is Christ, teaches us again about eternal life. Remember in Genesis 3.22, Christ, as the Lord God says, the man and the woman has become like one of them to know good and evil. And now, unless they put out their hand, they shall take from the tree of eternal life and live forever again. Take. But now you have to understand eternal life was way in the beginning in Genesis 1. When the earth was produced from out of God, when the heavens was produced from out of God, it was the eternal glory of God manifested from out of his eternal body. So eternal life was way in the beginning in Genesis 1.1. So now you have the revelation in Genesis 2.7 before the earth became or the dust of man or woman became, when man became, huh, when, God, when, when the Lord God, who was Christ, made man from the dust of the ground, it had to be reborn again or reborn again by God in order for the Lord God who is Christ to make man. See, everybody taught us 
huh, that God birthed man from the dust of the ground. God did not form man from the dust of the ground. Up in Genesis huh, 127, he was resting. Uh-oh. If he was resting in Genesis huh, chapter 1, if he was resting, you have to understand the Lord God, who is Christ, made man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of the spirit of him and the promise of our father, the, ter the terrestrial, who is the Holy Spirit, and the celestial, who is the spirit. Spirit of Christ, huh? And God took his 46 chromosomes and he made man in his own image. And he took that man out of 46 chromosomes and made a male and a female and put it in the body of the Holy Spirit as Christ. And he made a body of himself in his own image in the fullness of the Godhead. And he rested. When he rested, he made a man from the dust of the ground. Oh, excuse me. Christ made a man from the dust of the ground and put that body that was in the image of God, in the fullness of the Godhead, and the man became a living soul. So when Christ breathed into the nostrils of the man, the man had, he had life, but he didn't have eternal life. But when he breathed the body of the Father, the body of the Son, and the body of the Holy Spirit, when he breathed that body into the body that was formed from the dust of the ground, it became a living soul. Why? Because Christ had taught. He said, what would man give in exchange? Huh? Huh? Lose everything that he got and give exchange of his soul. Huh? See, people don't realize that teaching when he was teaching that. Huh? What would man gain if he give up everything and lose his soul? His soul he was talking about was the body that was made and created in the image of God on the sixth day before he rested on the seventh day. So when God put that body of himself in the body that was made from the dust of the ground, it became a living soul. So Christ was telling him, if you eat from the tree of eternal life, you shall live again forever. Huh? Now they have to approach eternal life in a different manner. So as we continue in Matthew 5, 6, we're going to see eternal life was way in Genesis 1, 1. When God birthed everything from out of Genesis 1, 1. Because why? Because in Genesis 1, 1 is where he made the body of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ from out of the terrestrial, terrestri the celestial from the heavens. Huh? So the body of Christ had flesh before it came down in the body on the flesh of Jesus. See, the word was made flesh to become Jesus, but the Holy Spirit had flesh before it came, the word that was Jesus in the flesh. But now in Matthew 5, 6, explains what would be filled, what we will be filled with. Because they say in Genesis, take from the tree if they put out their hand and eat. Because anytime you eat something, it has to fill you up. Whether it's the fruit of death or the fruit of eternal life, it has to fill you up. In Matthew 5, 6, he tells us about what we're going to be filled with. And it reads in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they... Or for he or she shall be filled. Question. What will they be filled with? In Proverbs 12, 28, as I said earlier, in the way of righteousness is eternal life and there is no death in its path. 
You hear what I'm saying? So if there's no depth in the pathway of eternal life, in retrospect, if we are hungry and thirsty, hungry for righteousness, and we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, this is what this means. We are hungry and thirsty for eternal life. Where in the pathway, there is no death. And if we hunger and we thirst for eternal life, the word of God, which will not return back to him void, but it shall prosper in the thing and accomplish what he pleased for the purpose of him sending it and for the purpose of his son Christ teaching it. So if Christ teaching what he was commanded in John 12, 50, that he was commanded to teach, say, and speak, huh? He was commanded to teach, say, and speak eternal life. And if you are eaten of what he's teaching, you should have the righteousness of God, which is the eternal glory of God in the body of Christ. Because if any man or any woman be in Christ, they are in the eternal glory of God. Come on. So God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing death. Man, these words are powerful because we're teaching from a perspective where God wants us to be who he created us in his image in Genesis 1.26 and Genesis 1.27. Hmm? I love that because in Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and after our likeness. So the image of God is Christ, but the likeness of God is the Holy Spirit in the flesh. Come on. So the Holy Spirit is in the likeness, but the image of God is Christ in God's image, the invisible God. You got to get me out of this. In God's word, if we continue to speak the words of eternal life, and that is God's righteousness as his word and the eternal glory of his spirit, when we begin to speak and practice eternal life, we begin to please God, not in the flesh, but in the spirit of him and the promise of our father. That's why God is commanding his sons and daughters to stop practicing death. Psalms 37, 18. God knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. Huh? God knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. Look what else God says in Psalms 37, 29. And the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. So if the word of God is saying that they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, huh, this and shall be filled, this means that we can inherit the earth and the land and live forever and dwell in it and not die. Why? Because God knows the, the days of the upright, or because God knows the days of those who hunger and thirst for eternal life and know that they have a desire to live forever and not die and declare the works of God in the earthly realm for his glory. 
Let's go to Job. Job 33. Job 33. God is amazing because God teaches us things that we need to understand and comprehend through his spirit. Job 33.23, if there is a messenger or if there is a mediator for himself, one among a thousand, to show man and woman his uprightness. Hold up. You heard what I said? To show man and woman his uprightness. Now, we just read in Psalms 37, 18, God knows the days of the upright. So if we show God, huh, his uprightness, if he can get one among a thousand to teach his uprightness, come on. You just can't make this stuff up. If there's a messenger, a mediator for himself, one among a thousand to show man and woman his uprightness, he would deliver him and he would deliver her from going down to the pit. He would deliver him and he would deliver her from going down to the grave. He would deliver him and deliver her from going down into death. I will make the flesh. God says, I will make your flesh as a child and return you back to your youth. I will return him or her back to their youth. Look what type of reward God is trying to give you and I. Because when Abraham was birthed, the body, when Sarah birthed the body of Isaac, she was back in her youth. Huh? She was 90 years old. Abraham was a hundred. So when Abraham was a hundred and received the seed of Christ as the body of God, as the promise, that seed hit Sarah's womb. And when that seed hit Sarah's womb, it quickened. Look what the scripture says in Romans. It quickened or give life to Kate, the dead body. And Abraham's dead body came alive through the seed that remained as Christ in his body that quickened Sarah's dead womb and their body reversed back to the 18 years old and their youth and produced a body that was Isaac, who is the promised seed, who was the seed of Christ in the body of Sarah from out of the, out of the seed of Abraham that God promised. So now God says, if I could get one among a thousand to understand the seed of the promise that I promised them eternal life, he says, the seed of Christ would do the same thing in your body. I will return him or her back to their youth. When it was a child. That's amazing. And there is a reward. To those who practice eternal life, they shall inherit the earth, they shall inherit the land, and they shall dwell in the land they inherit, and they shall dwell in the earth they, they inherit forever and live forever. That's a great reward versus going around saying we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. And life is too short. What if Abraham would have thought life was too short and say, Lord, you know something? Man, after 75 years, you promised me something. You give me Ismail, huh? 
You made my wife angry. She gave me hair, God. I went and produced a child from out of my own flesh. But God waited until the body was dead. It is amazing when you comprehend the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit of Christ that's in him caused the body of sin to be dead so that the body of Jesus, the Lord Jesus, could produce a body. Then God raised him. When God raised the Lord Jesus and God raised the Lord Christ from the dead. So the body that is dead because of sin is still dead because that body needs to be a container for this body, the body that is made without hands that God created on the sixth day. Okay, come on. In his own image and in his own likeness, and then he rested on the seventh day. Huh? This body that you receive, you shall inherit the earth and the land and dwell in the earth and the land and live forever and not die. The majority of Christians and believers don't practice eternal life and living forever is because they are still being taught to believe we all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised and life is too short from their religion, denomination, affiliations. This is what they're being taught. And this is a form of evil communication. Hmm? Whether they believe it or not, this is a form of evil communication. First Corinthians 15, and it reads, verse 33, do not be deceived. Evil company and evil communication corrupts good habits. That's amazing. First it says, do not be deceived. Because there is a lot of deception out there and people are being deceived because of evil communication. If you're being taught we all have to die tomorrow's not, that is evil speaking in the presence of God. I'm bringing this to your attention because I was one of those who was evil speaking in the communication and I was with the bad, and I developed bad habits because I was keeping bad company. Evil company. Evil communication corrupts good habits. This is very powerful because when you train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when he or she should get old, he or she will not depart. So the habits we form as a child, especially when it comes to our religion belief or our belief about God and Christ, is normally derived from out of what religion, denomination, affiliation our parents come from, as I, start, as I stated earlier in the introduction of this sermonic presentation. And the sad thing pertaining this powerful truth, we don't have a clue that we are being deceived or not. Why? Because it does not sound like evil communication or it does not sound like evil company and it does not seem like it's a bad habit. Why? Because it is being taught to us by the same people who we love and the same people who we have so much respect or great respect for because he or she, after all, has been or has been or at least so to be chosen and ordained by God to give us what God gave them to give back to us. 
as our leaders in the faith-based communities. So if my parents are teaching me from what they have been taught throughout the years, whether it was from their parents or their spiritual church leader in their faith-based communities, Regardless if it is or it regardless if it is or if it was the correct teaching or incorrect teaching of the word of God. They are telling us, because they have been taught throughout the years, whether it was from their parents or their spiritual church leaders in their faith-based communities, regardless if it is or if it was the correct teaching or incorrect teaching of the word of God. And the deception and the incorrect teaching is that everyone who's teaching the incorrect teaching is all on the same accord and are equally yoked with one another. Why? Huh? Regardless of their religion, denomination, affiliation. You got to get this here because this is heavy to me because most people don't realize that the, 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 the reason they repeat and they believe in it so much because it is a normal thing to have a conversation about. Huh? So uh, regardless of their religion, denomination, affiliation, background is that they all uh, can agree upon this one deceivable or deceivable truth. We all have to die, and tomorrow is not promised, and life is too short. These phrases, or these deceptional phrases, has become the truth of 98% of all religion, denomination, affiliation groups all over the world. Regardless of your religion beliefs, or your religion practice, or your ethnicity group that you derive from. Not knowing that they have been trained up as a child in the way that they believe and have been trained up as a child as they have gotten older and refused to depart from it. Because they have been practicing something they have been trained in since they have been a child. And without knowing, they are training the next generation of God's sons and daughters to believe in and speak the same thing. We all have to die, and tomorrow is not promised, and life is too short. And the cycle of this belief continues because especially church folks, Christians and believers, and spiritual church leaders, and the sons and the daughters of God continue to speak this deception of communication and continue to keep this evil, com evil company in their life. You tell somebody you're going to live forever and not die. Watch what type of conversation strike up when you say that. Hmm? They're trying to perceive and comprehend something where God and the Son of God does not abide, which is in the flesh. Because if the, if the Spirit of Christ be in you, the body is dead. Huh? Because of sin. But if God be in you, huh? He said that if I dwell in you, I will mortify. I will give life to him. I will quicken and give eternal life to your mortal body so you can become immortality. Huh? Because you are not in the flesh and you cannot please God in the flesh. In Romans chapter 8, 8. You got to get this here. Because they all been taught. Huh? And they all been in a place 
through the deception of this communication and con- continue to keep this evil company in their life because they all been taught and been raised to believe in this bad habit. Let's go back to scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not, de- do not be deceived. Evil company and evil communication corrupts good habit. Would you agree with me? If we read in Ezekiel 18.32, when the Lord God, who is Christ, says he has no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, turn from your evil communication and turn from your evil company you keep and live forever, how we how we've been raised by our parents and our spiritual church leaders who are teaching in our in our faith-based communities today teaching we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised huh and life is too short is a form of evil communication and is a form of bad habits and is a form of keeping corrupt company Especially after the Lord God, huh? Or Christ has no pleasure in the death of the one who died. And plus, Christ says he don't have even, he don't have the pleasure even in the wicked, huh? To die. When even the wicked die, it disrupts the spirit of Christ and God. Would you agree that this is a form of deception? From the enemy? After scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived because evil communication and evil company corrupts good habits. Then it goes to say to us in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness. Hey, boy, awake to righteousness. Come on. Huh? And do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your sh- sh- awake to righteousness. Let me remind you in Proverbs 12, 28 says, in the way of righteousness is eternal life and there is no death in the pathway. In 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Huh? That has to mean awake to eternal life and do not sin by continue in the evil communication and the evil company you are keeping and continue in the corruption of bad habits. And the reason and the only reason these bad habits are being displayed by Christians and believers and the saints of God and the spiritual church leader is because they have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. Come on. Look what the word of God says in Romans 10. Romans 10 verse 1. Christians and believers and saints of God and spiritual church leaders, my heart desires and prayer to God for you. God's people. My prayers is for God's sons and daughters. My prayers is for God's spiritual church leaders that they all may be saved. For I bear witness in 2023 that they have a zeal or great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit for God, but not according to knowledge. Let me say that again. For I bear witness in 2023 that they have a zeal 
or a great energy or a great enthusiasm in pursuit for God, but not according to knowledge. This is heavy. Scriptures further, further teaches us about the zeal. In Hosea 4.6, the majority of us know this. My people are dying. And my people are being destroyed because they lack the knowledge of God, because they have rejected the knowledge of God by saying we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and life is too short. God says to one, God, God says to those who believe in their heart and for confess with their mouth, we all have to die. Life is too short and tomorrow is not promised. He says to them, since and because you have rejected knowledge of me as God, he will stop you. Huh? And he will he will stop your children from being a raw priesthood for his kingdom. Because you have never learned the law of the Spirit of God and the law of the Spirit of Christ. And because of that, I will forget your children. Uh-oh. This is heavy. What if God, and what if we see in the, re, in this, in the earthly realm, innocent children and all types of shooting and killing, suicidal Men, young children, young women dressing and sleeping with young women, young women marrying young women, young men marrying young men. There's bullying in the school system. There's shooting, drive-by. There's all type of shooting. You know what I mean? Mass shooting of innocent kids in the schools. What if? This is a picture of what God is speaking in Hosea 4, 6. He says, I will forget your children because you reject my knowledge. And if you go to huh Hosea 4, 5, it says that, and I'm going to destroy your mama. Look what God says when he told me that. I say, hold up, man. I mean, I know you God and that's your daughter, but that's my mama. But he said, I'm going to destroy your mother. So this has to be a very serious and powerful scripture when God is saying you rejected him because you are walking around saying with the pastor or the preacher or the bishop or either your spiritual church leaders huh, or your cousin them or your uncle them or your friends them or your relative them or your membership them, huh, whatever whosoever move church you're attending is going around and say, oh yeah, girl, we all got to die. huh? And tomorrow's not promised. Life is too short. The minute they say, See death. That's the first thing they promote, death. And death is the last enemy to be destroyed. And God says, I have given you power over the last enemy so the last enemy won't destroy you. And yeah, we, huh? The church has been continuing, and family members and loved ones has been continuing to teach people that they all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. And life is too short. God says, you rejected my knowledge. You rejected my power. You rejected my son Christ. I'm going to reject your mama, and I'm going to reject you and your children. Hmm. Return back to God. Eternal life. Return back to God. Eternal glory. Why? Because God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing 
death. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. In essence, it says, repent and return and live forever. That's the short version. He says he's going to take one of his, he's going to take his son. In Acts 31, he says, I'm going to judge the earth. I'm going to judge the world. And I'm going to judge the people who live in the earth and in the world on eternal life. Through the teaching of my son, Christ. Let's cross-reference this verse of Scripture. God is judging the earth and the world and the people who live in it and the earth want eternal life. We got some messages out there that teaches on that. So let's cross-reference this verse of Scriptures with Romans 2, verse 5. But in, in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent or not feeling shame or regret about you, or regret about your action or attitude, but by declaring out of your mouth and believing in your heart, we all have to die, and tomorrow is not promised, and life is too short. By declaring and believing in this, in this in your heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness, judgment of God. Now, there's two things, the wrath in the day of wrath. But now he says revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one. So he's going to render something to the wrath in the day of wrath. Those who are in, huh, get caught up in the wrath, huh, the, the, in the decision or the condemnation of the resurrection of condemnation and the resurrection of life. He said that I am going to, on the day of wrath and in the day of revelation, judgment of God. So there's a judgment of God on the day of revelation, huh? those who are in righteousness, who God will render to each one of us according to your deeds. Now, let me ask you this before I read the next verse in Romans 2, 7, according to your deeds. Now, he's telling me, he says, if you're out there declaring and speaking, we all have to die. Tomorrow is not promised and life is too short. That's the deeds you're going to get, as I explained with about my mother and my siblings should receive what they receive if they're practicing what they practice, because that's the way they was trained up in the way to go. And they have not yet depart from it. So now I'm beginning to get you to understand. God says in his word, he says, as you continue to declare your deeds about me. If you declare we all have to die, I'm going to pay you what you declare. If you declare, huh, tomorrow's not promised, I'm going to pay you what you declare. He says, if you think life is too short, I'm going to pay you for what you declare. But he says, in the righteous judgment, huh, of God, who will render to each one of you according to your deeds, eternal life. Now, this is the word of God. In Romans 2, 7, to those who by the patient continue in. See, here at the Spiritual Custom Ministry and the promise of our Father, we are continuing in eternal life and doing good and seeking for God's glory and seeking for God's honor and immortality that he promised in 2 Timothy 2, 1. Second hmm? Timothy, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 10. Second Timothy, chapter 1, 
I'm going to get it right. So for 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, who has, a, at his appearance, he says he's going to abolish death and bring eternal life and bring immortality through the gospel of Christ. So those who are doing good for the glory, honor, and immortality, and he says, for the righteous judgment of God, eternal life. To those who by patience continue in the words of eternal life. Peter said, Father, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Man, this is heavy. And the amazing thing about this teaching we go through scriptures throughout, line upon line, precept upon precept. Isaiah 28. Y'all don't want me to say that again. Isaiah 28, verse 9 and 10. He said, whom will I get to teach knowledge? And whom will I get to understand the message? They that are weaned from off the milk. They that are weaned from off the breath. They that are weaned from off the titty. They that are on the titty and they that are on milk and they that are on the breast is continue to actually operate in. We all have to die. Tomorrow is not promised. Hmm? Life is too short. You got, you, that's an indication you're still on your mama titty. You're on your mama breast. You're still eating cereals and drinking the milk and still thinking you're getting filled. But God says, whom will I get one among a thousand? If I can just find a mediator, huh? Someone that's going to carry the documents, someone that's going to carry the message, someone that's going to give them what I gave them so they can have what I promised. If I can find one among a thousand, hmm? And doing good for the glory, for the immortality. He says, I'm going to bless them. According to your deeds, eternal life. To those who by patience continue in doing good, seeking for glory, seeking for honor, and seeking for immortality. So you are immortal, but if you got the spirit of Christ and the spirit of him manifest in you, he says that you are immortal. Your immortality, meaning that you should never die. But if you have the spirit, Spirit of Jesus and the Lord Jesus, and you have not come into the knowledge of Christ, you just have the still mortal body that Mary birthed in Jesus. You're still operating at the cross. So you can't receive what God promised because you have not come into the knowledge because you reject the knowledge of God. Let me get out of that. I got a few more pages. Huh? Romans 2 verse 8 says, but to those who are self-seeking by saying we all have to die, tomorrow is not promised, and life is too short, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Now, if the righteousness of God is eternal life, and if you obey and com obey God's commandments, you shall receive eternal life and live forever and not die. But those who obey unrighteousness shall receive death. Because if the righteousness of God is eternal life, that should mean unrighteousness of God is death. You obey death when you declare out of your mouth, we all have to die and tomorrow not promise. 
and life is too short. You are unequivocally declaring death over the eternal glory of God, life. And you're going to hear me continue to say these words, we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and life is too short because that's what you are saying. God said, let them know what I'm angry and why I'm going to judge the earth in eternal life. Because they've been taught something that is not my word because I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died, said the Lord God, who is Christ. Why should ye die, O Christians and believers? Why should ye die, O wicked one? I don't even have the pleasure if the wicked die. You got to get me out of this. God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing death. For Romans 7, let's go back to the scriptures we started out with. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but we are carnal, sold under sin. For what we have, for what, for what we are doing, we are not understanding. So for what we are doing, we are not understanding. For what we will to do, that we do not practice. But what we have, what we hate to do, that what we do, and that is what we practice. This is for those who is out there saying we all have to die. This is for those who are out there saying tomorrow is not promised. This is to those who are saying life is too short. For we know that the law is spiritual, but we are cornered, sold under sin. This is what they are thinking. For what we are doing... They do not understand. But what we are, but what we hate to do, that is what we practice. But that what we should be practicing, that is not what we do. Huh? So this is powerful. Because in retrospect, if you can be honest with yourself or honest with ourselves, we really in our hearts of hearts does not have a desire to die but live forever. Who in their right mind has a desire to die? So this verse of scriptures is teaching us that what, what we practice saying when we practice sin, when we, when we practice sin, we all have to die. And tomorrow's not promised. And life is too short. We don't understand why we say that and believe that. But on the other hand, we wish we can live forever and never die. But this is what we don't practice. Why? Because it is part of our training and our upbringing. Huh? As a child. And I don't know how to depart from it. Because everybody is saying it. It is a normal conversation to be manifested with the people of God. My parents taught me. And my spiritual church leaders are teaching me the same thing. So when I was a child, my parents taught me we all have to die. Tomorrow's not promised and life is too short. And I never departed from it until one day the Spirit of God manifests its glory and I came into the knowledge 
And all it took is one day for a young man by the name of Elder Travis Lewis down in Louisiana explain to me that you don't have to die and you can live forever. And he went to the scriptures and I thank God for that day. So now we have to learn from our adolescent years, developing from a child to our, my adulthood, how to practice something they really hate. I think people argue with you about eternal life because they have a hate for something they can't perceive. Huh? Because who do you know really wants to die? But the word of God knows we hate dying. These scriptures are powerful. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, or 3, 11 says, God had made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in every man and in every woman's heart, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. So if you don't understand when the beginning, God made man in his image, and God says, let us make man, huh? They have become like one of us in Genesis 3.22. If you don't understand that, come and let them put their hands out into the tree of eternal life and eat again and live forever. So God says, I put eternity eternity in their heart from the beginning and to the end. But if you are pronouncing and declaring we all have to die from your upbringing and you're declaring and announcing that tomorrow's tomorrow's not promised from your upbringing and you are declaring that life is too short from your upbringing, if you're declaring that, you don't know the beginning and the end. Because God said he has put eternity in every man and in every woman's heart. But you have to find out by searching the scriptures. And if you don't search the scriptures that you may know you have eternal life, you will never believe that you can live forever and not die. After Christ said in John 6, 48, I am the bread of eternal life. And if you believe in my eternal glory, I wish you shall live and not die. Not like your fathers them ate the manna in the wilderness in a day. But if you eat of this bread, you should live forever and not die. Hmm? So now we see no woman nor no man really have a desire to die. If then we do what we will not to do, back in Romans, verse 16, chapter 7. If then we do what we will not to do, we agree with the law that it is good. 7.17, that was 7.16. So now in Romans 7.17, it is no longer us who do it, but it is sin that dwells in us. For we know that in us, that is, our flesh, nothing good dwells in it. For to will is present with us, but how to perform what is good, we do not find. Verse 19 is heavy. For the good that we will to do, we do not do. But the evil we will not to do, that we practice. Boy, 
Now, I don't understand if this is not explaining the words of eternal life and the words of God. I don't know what will, because this is so powerful where God says, I am telling you. For the good that you will to do, you do not do. If you are saying tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and life is too short, you are practicing evil. Because the evil that you will to do, huh? you are doing it, but you don't want to do it. huh? That is the thing you're practicing. Verse 20. Romans 7, 20. Now, if we do what we will not to do, it is no longer we who do it, but the sin that dwells in us. So Romans 8, 10, you heard me say this earlier. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the eternal spirit of God is eternal life because he is eternal righteousness. Romans 8.10, I got to say that again. If the Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the eternal spirit of God is eternal life because of eternal righteousness. Romans 7.20 says, now if we do what we will not to do, it is no longer we do it, but the sin that dwells in us. So you are in the flesh talking about you love God and that God dwells in you. God cannot dwell in an unclean temple. God does not dwell in a temple that is made with hands. God dwells in a temple that he created on the sixth day that he made without hands. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, if this earthen vessel, if this earthen vessel dissolve, we have another one. We have another tent. We have another tabernacle. We have another body, another house built by God, made from the eternal. So if sin is in you and sin is dwelling in you and you're confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart, we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. You are speaking against God and there is a sin that leads unto death, and there's a sin that leads not unto death. If you're commanding God to give you death, God is going to bless you with the commandment you ask for. But if you ask God for anything, he will do it. And if you ask God to bless you eternally, because he put it in our hearts to manifest his glory, the 18 inches from the heart to the mind, God Put it in our heart to live forever and not die. He said, but if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the eternal spirit of God, if it's in you, you have eternal life. The eternal spirit of Christ abides in you. You have eternal life because of his eternal righteousness. Huh? Let's cross-reference the scriptures from Romans 7 and 8. With 1 John 3, 7, I'm about to close. <coughs> My brother, this is heavy. 1 John 3, 7, little children. 1 John 3, 7, since I'm speaking to grown folks, and the majority of them grown, Christians and believers and saints of God and spiritual church leaders, let no one deceive you. He or she who practice righteousness is righteous, just as God and Christ is righteousness. I, I don't know how loud I want to get. 
Huh? He or she who practice righteousness. Hey, glory. Come on. So you have to practice what you believe in. If you're practicing, we all have to die. You're practicing tomorrow's not promised. You're practicing huh, all these things about life is too short. God says, I'm telling my sons and daughters, he's commanding you to stop practicing death. But he says, if you practice this, eternal life, hey, glory. He or she practice eternal life is righteousness because God and Christ is eternal life because of his eternal righteousness. Romans 1.17 says, in uh, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The eternal life of God and the eternal life of Christ is revealed from the eternal body of the Lord Jesus. Because the just shall live by faith. Because the faith of faith is the body of God and the body of Christ. The just body has to be the body of the Lord Jesus that has been raised from the dead. Huh? Abraham called those things as God did, as they existed. He gave life to the dead body where sin lies. And he gave life to it. Huh? Because he's God. And God is saying, I'm giving eternal life to the dead body because the dead body, yay, glory. You got to get me out of this. He says, I'm giving eternal life to the dead body that has sin in it because my body, through Christ's body, through, through, through Jesus' body, Huh? Let me say that again. My body, through Christ's body, through the Lord Jesus' body, gives you eternal life. Because his body was raised from the dead, and his body has no sin. You hear what I'm saying? So if these bodies has no sin, the body of God can't have one either. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all don't understand that God is doing something so major in this ministry where it is so powerful. It gets me so going. I don't even understand why people can't understand why I am the way I am. I am who I am because I am is who sent me. So I want you to know if God's body huh, is revealed from faith to faith and the righteousness of God is revealed from the body of the Lord Christ and the Lord. God and the Lord God and God himself as the eternal body of God and the eternal body of Christ. You have to understand and the just shall live by the Lord God huh? or the Lord Jesus because the Lord Jesus make up the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when the righteousness of God or the eternal life of God comes through the three bodies, not the two, but the three bodies, we need the first body who is the Holy Spirit as Jesus. Jesus' body to take away sin. But we need God's body, yeah, huh, and Christ's body to take away death. So when death is abolished in Christ's body, Christ is born of God's body. God takes Christ's body, who's now covered in Jesus' body, and Christ baptized or being baptized by God. So now Christ is born, yay, yeah, of God. And whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. My brothers and sisters, Abraham called those things, huh? God who quickens the dead. 
God who gives life to the dead gave Abraham eternal life because it was imputed to him for righteousness. If it was imputed to him for righteousness, it was imputed to him for eternal life because Abraham began to call those things at a hundred years old. Huh? God began to quicken and put the seed that quickened the dead body. Because if Christ be in you as Isaac seed, the body is dead because Isaac and Abraham body, Abraham body was dead to receive Isaac body, who was the eternal spirit of Christ. That spirit quickened Abraham's dead body so that the dead body can produce the promise. So the promise of our Father is eternal life. Come on. God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing death. Now God is saying in 2024, we need to start practicing eternal life, found in 1 John 3, 7. They that practice eternal life, hey, that glory. Because whoever, huh, whoever has been born of God does not sin in 1 John 3, 9. Because God's seed of eternal life remains in us and we cannot sin because we are born of God. Those who practice eternal life and remain as the seed of Christ has God's seed that he produced after his own kind in Genesis 1, 11, huh? For as John says, whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him or her. And he or she cannot sin because he or she has been born of God. He that believe, huh, that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So therefore, and furthermore, Matthews 29, huh, Matthews 28, 19 says, we should go baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. So we got to explain being born of God. If Christ came to receive Jesus' body, huh? And Jesus' body needed Christ's body, and Christ had to go back to the Father in John 16, 7, huh? To be born of God to come back as the promise of our Father. So even Jesus had to be born of God, and even Christ had to be born of God. So when we receive the promise of our Father in Luke 24, verse 49, he says, You shall be born of of God, but you can't be born of God just knowing the Lord Jesus. You have to have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus through the confession of your mouth and believing that God raised him from the dead, but through the knowledge of the glory of God is revealed from Christ's body to God's body to Jesus' body. So Jesus' body needs Christ's body, and Christ took the body of Jesus and presented to God, huh? And God presented to us as the promise of our father and he or she who is born of God does not sin they don't go around and saying we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised huh first John 5 8 in closing says we know that whoever is born of God does not sin but he or she who has been born of God keeps himself or keep herself and from the wicked one does not touch him or her. But if you're giving the wicked one back what he can touch, he's going to touch you until you die. Death manifests itself. 
If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that we all have to die, you're giving the wicked one back his power. If you say that, huh, tomorrow's not promised and life is too short, you're giving the wicked one back his power. But God is saying, they that keep himself, speak the words of eternal life, know that they are born of God, has no sin because they're not in the flesh. Huh? They, but they're not in the flesh because you cannot please God in the flesh. And if the Spirit of Christ be in you, huh? Because of sin, the body is dead. You got to comprehend this here. I want you to know how do you keep yourself from the wicked one and sin? Not. Stop going around saying, we all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised. And life is too short. When you do that, you are giving yourself to the wicked one or you're giving yourself to death. But if you speak the words of eternal life and know that you are born of God, death has to flee. And the enemy has to flee. Why? Because the last enemy to be, to be destroyed is death. And Christ has given us power over all the enemy in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, and he says, the last enemy I have given you all the power over is death. Huh? So why do we give the enemy back what God gave us to have to be born of him? If you are continuing to say what you're saying, you are really born of death. Huh? Father, where will we go? Hey, you have the words of eternal life. God is command. Why will we go? You have the words of eternal life. God is commanding his sons and his daughters to stop practicing death. Tomorrow is promised. Life is long. Huh? And tomorrow is promised. Life is long. And people have to stop this crazy message and this crazy teaching about tomorrow's not promise. Huh? Life is too short and we all have to die. You don't have to die if you're born of God. He that is born of God, huh, does not sin. My brothers, this is Pastor D. Washington. God is commanding his people, commanding his sons, commanding his daughters, commanding the spiritual church leaders to stop practicing death. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen. Amen.